Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happy Friday. It is December 1st. We are in the final slide to the finish line of 2023. December 1st here. Heidi Hatch with KUTV2 News. Mara Carabello is off having fun without us today. <laughs> Scott Howell filling her chair. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, I'm having fun now that I'm here. So. And we have Greg Hughes. So I'm did you back. guys surf together in the house or did your we did years not? not but boy, but hey, but we got, we've been in trenches together, boy. Oh we, worked, we worked on some really good issues together, uh, Scott and I. Oh we worked on this Operation Rio Grande on the homeless issue um showing that it was you know just that, that whole issue doesn't really fall into pa- parties platforms it's no. just like we just love public public safety and we don't like drug cartels it's an amazing <laughs> you know amazing journey you know? minor things like drug just cartels like you, you know, know we mean? don't like murder we don't like you know just rape incest human trafficking yeah, it's just, all it of just, that it just seemed to have some you know common ground it Do was you know not what I hard. like about you two though you you can work in the trenches but you're also bougie you both just left the alta club <laughs> yeah i've That's never hung out at the alta bougie club it's a new word yeah i it's my little secret uh it's your secret lair no, so I, I, I'm a member there, but I have, mm. it's always been my quiet private joke that yeah. they let this white trash kid from <laughs> Pittsburgh into their in their hody toady club. So, yeah. And, I, and I'm a Democrat. I don't have enough money to join, so I tag on to Greg. <laughs> no, but I, was, I, was, I wasn't there because I was just hanging out. I was actually there because uh, the Elephant Club, which is a, uh, a, what would you call it, a fundraising and a networking uh, wing of the Utah State Republican Party, they had, they had invited... New uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Schultz, uh, current or past Speaker, Brad Wilson, and myself, the three of us to talk about the role of the Speaker of the House. a lot of speakers in one room. But Brad got sick, so Brad didn't make it. So it was just uh, Speaker Schultz, Mike Schultz, and myself, and we shared some more stories. And it's fun because we are two, uh, the three of us, it would have been fun if it was the three of us, but we all have worked together. We were all in in the, you know, a, a team together. So we have that in common. And that's, if you look at, at least those speakers that are alive right now, I don't know that you'd have that succession. No, I, I don't think you would. And, and before we ruin your rep- reputation, you were not hanging out at the Elephant Club today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I will confess, I've been to quite a few of their meetings as a mm. guest. Being a spy and doesn't count. Scott. You're not supposed to be there taking copious <laughs> notes on how to defeat the they Republicans. They actually did, had me introduce myself uh, every time I go. And I really wanted to go to this one today. I got an invitation, but I had a previous commitment for a luncheon meeting over there. And uh, Leslie, their executive vice president, uh, didn't call me personally and say, well, <laughs> Greg would like you to be there. And we're, we're glad you're here today, yeah, she's Leslie. she's here now. She's eyeballing you. Yeah, I know. So we should come put her in a chair. If, she, if you want to say something, just wave your hand and we'll yeah. turn on another mic. Yeah. And then I'll turn off Greg. So yeah. we would yeah. be that's, okay. That's, that's we don't want to outweigh you. Um, so glad you're here today. What have you been up to of late that we should know about? You're wearing your Salt Lake 2002 Winter Olympic shirt. Love that. I, uh, I had the great privilege of being on the Olympic Committee. Greg, and back then, the House and the Senate each got an appointment, and they appointed me to it. Nice, very nice. And it was a spectacular opportunity from being in Hungary when they announced, like they did here. And I can't even begin to tell you how 
re uh, it, this is just going to reimburse uh, uh, the reimbursement of what we get on the return of the Olympics is unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. It's just fantastic, and so I was thrilled to hear that uh, it'll be in 2034. I'll be 102 back then, <laughs> but they might have some handicap stuff that I could participate uh, in. You in Salt Lake? I, we worked on this when I was speaker, but we we are we are a unique venue in the United States that unlike Lake Placid, yes, uh, that we we've maintained our venue news that we had there was good stewardship during the oh, olympics yeah. to set money aside in a foundation that has kept our our venues it was brilliant uh modernized yeah and, and so they are ready to go we don't have to start from scratch which is unique for it's olympics. spectacular yeah. do we thank senator romney for that or was it a team effort I, that uh, really there was a time where i would but i would not anymore i would just i, I can't bring myself to do it <laughs> Because you don't really think he, he did it, or he's you just, just no? Because he's worn me out. He's oh. just worn me out. I'm just done. But I I'll can't. tell you who we can thank is Senator Hatch back then, and uh, Bob Bennett, and all these people who really were on the infrastructure. And at that time, Bill Clinton was the president, and uh, the vice president was really the guy who was most involved. And so I got to go back to Washington a lot on behalf of the state of Utah. I actually gave him. Olympic shirt, very similar to this one nice. I've got on. Does he have the coat He's, the volunteers all wore that we still yes, see around Salt do. Lake City? Yes, they nice. do. Yes, they do. That's good. And, uh, but what really changed everything is how we got rapid transport. Well, that's I was going to say it if you didn't. I mean, that, there was such a problem with parking, and yes. the University of Utah was just oh. co- just collapsing Nightmare. on itself. Nobody, there was no You couldn't build buildings because there was nowhere to park. As soon as that line, that the light rail line extended to the university, it opened that school for opportunities and, and buildings and facilities. It really changed things. And that was really done with our Washington delegation, yeah. but with President Clinton on that infrastructure because of the Olympics. Yeah, so. And it was such a great example of collaboration where both sides of the aisle come together to do the right thing for the citizens. And that's what it was. And I should note before um, we move on that we are only the preferred host. So we're like a 99% there, but not always all the way there. It kind of reminds me when police, instead of having a suspect, have a person of interest. <laughs> so we're like the person of interest currently, and we'll eventually be the suspect. But uh, unless we screw something up royally, it sounds yeah. like the Olympics are ours. And, and I'll tell you, one thing I still am close with some of those Olympic members, and t- don't don't discount 2030, because the Alps, uh, France will have their Summer Olympics, and then it, they don't like to have them very close together for their Winter Olympics. That could be a real possibility that we get it in 2030. But but I think for the same reason because the L.A. Olympics are yes. when that's why they that's didn't the want to have they didn't, we didn't want ours to, to be back to back yeah. American right? yeah, exactly yeah, the advertising yeah. dollars yeah. so we're kind of in that same spot yeah. I think with and those. France is the upcoming Summer Olympics right yes. Okay. 2020, uh, next year? Yeah, because I've been looking, I'm headed there in the spring, which is before the Olympics, but I've noticed when you're looking at Airbnbs and stuff there, that, you know, people are advertising for the Olympics and getting ready. So And see, right that's just corner. what's going to happen in Utah. I well, can't, it, it's just it's such a great investment. Heidi, does it take two podcasts get to go to the win- Summer Olympics? Is that, is, that <laughs> a, is that in the budget here yes. at KUTV? We're all going, yes. Okay, because there's a lot to discuss. Yeah, yeah Mara, you're out. Their, everyone's taking a carry-on. We yep. can't afford luggage, nope. but let's go. They got a nonstop from Salt Lake to, to Paris. Jo- yeah, yeah. The, the Charles the Gaulle Airport. Is that what yeah. it's called? So let's go. That would yeah. be fun. Right. So, all right, I'm going to put it on the list. I, I do want to note before that we move on from the Olympics, though, I was kind of surprised by this because everything we're hearing generally is good news. We're excited about it. Uh, Utah Democratic Party on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it said, if we want the Olympics to come back to Utah in 2034, we need real action from Republicans on air quality. Not only does pollution harm our communities, but also harms our economy, and we could miss out on billions of 
dollars of investment. We're doing this podcast when it's still nasty inversion outside. You can't see the sky. I'm depressed. It's a problem we all have. But is this the right way, Scott, for Democrats to go about solving the problem? Should it be an our problem or is this a Republican problem because the Utah legislature hasn't done enough? No, that's uh, – and I thank, thanks for bringing that up, Heidi. It's the wrong way to set policy. What you want to do is get together with both parties, and you want to sit down. And I think that air – what's it called, the air caucus? or A clean air caucus. Clean air caucus. Yep. I think it, it's a pretty good blend of both Democrat and Republican, yeah, if I remember. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that was just a political thing to say, oh, come out and vote for more Democrats. We'll have our air cleaned up. This this is not a party. It's just like Operation Real Grand. Democrats don't drive cars? <laughs> <laughs> I got my bike out there. <laughs> so, yeah, the bicycles. Yeah. No, it, not grown. it, it, it wasn't the right, right way to do it. Hey, but if they see a fundraising opportunity or they see a way that they can maybe yeah. leverage it out. But that's not – I hate that way to do politics. and this team is team spirit. Yeah, this is where yeah. Greg and I get along. We'll yeah. go in and we'll sit down. And we'll talk about it, and we'll say, what can we do on both sides of it? Now, you've got probably extremes who don't think there's a climate problem on, on that side, and then you've probably got people who say, you should ride bikes all the time. That's just wrong. That yeah. is wrong. That's yeah, not a way to set policy. Here's the, here's the real um, issue is that we're going to have to stop shoehorning 75-plus percent of Utah's entire population into four counties of a valley. Yes. We're going to have to yeah. see all 29 yeah. counties have economic <laughs> opportunities yes. and people live there, and yeah. the cost of living, turns out, is a lot lower in some of these areas if there were jobs that people could have and raise families. This whole state has opportunity to see a good quality of life, and if we want air quality to improve here, there's a lot we can do with Tier 3 fuel, things like that, but you got to get the rest of the state involved. Well, the rest uh, of these counties have to be involved in, the, in, in having industry, and they're losing their kids. The irony for the rest of the state is that you have parents and grandparents watching their kids yeah, leave their communities right. to go live somewhere else, out of state or the Wasatch Front, because there's no opportunity for them where they've yeah. grown up. That has got to change in Utah. And and that will, I shipped that my will daughter out to California, and it's because we don't have an ocean. Then we need to just start burning more carbon, <laughs> right. get, that, get that ocean to rise up so we can have some beachfront here. And Heidi's daughter comes back. Years, you know, yeah. Heidi, Greg makes a really good point, and he he speaks the talk. Uh, I mean, he walks the talk. Uh, the port is a great example of where Greg said, we got to expand this. We yeah. need to take it out of Salt Lake City. Yep. We need to go to other counties. And, and his point on that is exactly why we need to expand all opportunities. High tech. You know, I, I'm impressed I in car. I've heard a ton about the port lately. It was fun that you said that out loud. I was like, I oh, know. I forgot about the port. Well, no, Greg led an initiative to say we're taking it to other counties. And Carbon County uh, is one example of that. And uh, another example of Carbon County taking tech down there is uh, they've got a pretty intense uh, learning and a company down there that's doing a lot of high tech yeah. in, in helper, actually. And this helper, is the hub Utah. and spoke plan. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Thank yep, you. Yep. Just uh, you could, there's just because of the Intercontinental Railroad, Utah beyond any other western state has rail connectivity to every coastal port from California up to Washington and all in between. So that that's that is a unique opportunity for manufacturing for all the things that Everything. create jobs. Yeah. yeah. So 
when we talk supply chain problems, we've got a lot of solutions in this whole state, not just, not to Wasatch Front, but the whole state. And and frankly, the communities outside the Wasatch Front need this, need and, these opportunities. And we have a golden spike. Don't forget that. Yeah, yes. we've got that. Yeah, we got and I don't want to brag right now, but the Hatch family is doing all we can to save the air. My son crashed one of our cars. We were a two-car family for a while. <laughs> oh, my God. And we didn't replace it. So he's been riding his bike to work, which oh. is no fun in the snow because yeah. you get splattered with the snow, but been there, done that. And I ride tracks sometimes. We just, whoever needs the I, car most you know gets what? it. Because cars are expensive, and we're so cheap at my house. We're like, mm, maybe they'll I get less bad I can only imagine. Soon. The, 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 the family recoil of crashing a car when I've seen just a slight little <sighs> little uh, fender bender I may and, have and the stress that cost it and, and to wreck <laughs> it entirely. Oh my gosh, I they know. must be. My beloved Acura, he uh, Apocalyptic. Yes. Uh, so, the GoFund ca- account for Hatch yes, family, for the, family to peace. save your son so he there's doesn't freeze to death. There's a lot of youth. I think uh, I'll put that up. Leslie, can you put that up? I, I know he sent me his Christmas go. car list, and there was a, a car on it with an exclamation <laughs> point. And I'm like, I don't think Santa How old is carry. your son? He's 18. So yeah. uh, he's a senior in high school. I'm like, that's not going to happen. But we'll help you buy a car. Yeah. So anyhow. Yeah. But, You're good parents. Yeah. All right. So we got to talk about um, the presidential election. It's kind of... Coming front and center, we're almost to 2024. RFK Jr. held a rally here yesterday in Salt Lake City. It looked like there's probably a couple hundred people there. Uh, He has to go to every state right now to make sure he can get the signatures to be on the ballot. That's half the battle for him right now. And when you look at the polls, he's actually looking like he could be a disruptor. You guys can tell me whether he is or not. Depending on the poll, uh, pulling in 20% of the vote, if you look at where his money's coming from, I'm going to start with you, Greg. When I look at where his donors are coming from, there's a lot of people who haven't donated, but of people who had, there's more Republicans donating to Mm. him than Democrats. So what do you think the draw is for him, or is there no draw and he's just going to wreck it for everybody? No, I got to tell you, and I I would like for Scott, because I know he's very close with the Biden administration, and and he probably has a take here that I'll need to hear, but my wife, Krista, who's a a Republican, conservative, uh, and, and really is a great sounding board for me telling me what's going on and and i always get she's always ahead of the curve she really likes rfk jr she what really does, she does. Like about him? she likes she she does believe that the voice of the everyday pe- people has been silenced she does believe that corporations on both sides in the democrat and republican party are running these parties now she worries about a uh, an eisenhower uh military industrial complex that you're engaging in foreign wars because of profit right. uh rfk had an interview i uh, hear in a local at a local station where he said uh trump derangement syndrome has gotten so bad amongst democrats where where the democrats used to be against foreign wars yeah. they're now because trump was against it they're now for it yeah. um where you know where he was where where democrats were usually suspicious of these foreign trades uh trade agreements uh, and how that would take jobs or opportunities away from working americans uh, where Trump was agreeing with that, they now embrace these foreign trade agreements, and and he argues that's a detriment of the everyday people. These are these are messages that I'm going to tell you that my wife and a lot of people resonate are, are feeling like yeah. they aren't being heard, or that there's just so much corporate influence now, yeah. um, BlackRock or those oh, that yeah. control whether it's Soros the war machine or Koch the, brother. Yeah. I mean, or, you can yeah, name all. The, yeah. Is she at the have, point though where she'd actually vote? Because there's one thing with liking what you're hearing and actually mm, going through with it. Because I think a lot of point. people get nervous she, with a third party vote. We saw it with Evan McMullen, where I think yeah. everyone thought he was yeah. going to win the state. And yeah. I think that in the end, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, but so she told me yesterday she would vote for him. Um, she would do it. Listening to his local interview. Sorry, she we're would. divulging all your secrets. No, no, it's I. You know, it's it's. I actually think it's that's how, that's how um, 
I would say disruptor, you mentioned it. Yeah. That's the kind of disruptor an RFK Jr. is because to convince a Utah and Red State right. Utah yeah. to even consider right. a Kennedy, right. okay, right. you got to be there's got to be something going on. He's a Democrat and was till four weeks ago. Yes, right. and I mean his issues, his position on gun control or you know climate. He has he frames it in a way that doesn't create the recoil that you right. see between parties. But then people worry: Does he still want the same thing? Is he still right. trying to shut everything down? But um, calling it something different. So there's a lot of questions, open-ended questions. But I'm telling you, his momentum is. I think everyday people are feeling left behind by the two major parties, and that's that's that is one of the appeals that I think that he has. And I, again, I'll tell you, um, I think the Democrats are crazy to have not allowed him into a, at least a primary. A process. We with have a Biden. Democrat here. We can ask. So now about. I'm going to turn it over to the guy that so knows Scott, his own party. Should Democrats have <laughs> let him debate, or had President Biden debate him, and actually had a primary, or does that just go away from what we've always done? The president yeah. is obviously going to be your nominee. We move on with that. Well, I, I, there's so many aspects of this that I could touch on. I think the first one is that uh, he uh, RFK went over to uh, the other side academy yesterday. And spent about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. I saw that. Yeah, okay. he spent about an hour and 20 minutes with him. And I've learned a lot about him as an individual. Um, when he, when his father, uh, his uncle was assassinated, then his father was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 14 to about 23, he was a pretty hard drug user. Yeah. Really hard drug user. Yeah, he's been open about that. And he has been. And I think that's why our friend Dave DeRocher, and he had such great conversations yesterday over at the Other Side Academy because Dave has had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, Tony Fauci was out here. Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci was out here a couple weeks ago, and I got to go meet and listen to that him. That would have been terrifying. <laughs> uh, so where was so he scared. Were you How so scared? He was Were you spe- so scared? <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, until I got my other shot, so that was okay. Uh, <laughs> he, he spoke with the Watch That Speaker series, and he was fascinating. Hmm. Fascinating. And the, one of the questions was, tell us about uh, the RFK and wh- where he's going on this uh, thing about uh, oh, you're vaccinations. you're talking about vaccines, okay. Yeah, yeah. vaccines and that. And so he, uh, RFK went to Fauci and said, look, you, I know you've been the greatest fans of our family. We're all friends. And, and uh, uh, will you, will you come and listen to my presentation and you can't ask any questions for the first 30 minutes. You just have to listen. And so... So Fauci said this or, or RFK, RFK said this? RFK said okay. that to Fauci. Yeah. And the conditions that he yeah. do this. So Fauci said to us, look, I went in and on his third slide, I said, RFK, I need to challenge you on this. And he said, no, no, no. You told me that you wouldn't ask any questions. He said, but everything you've said to me and showed me is not scientific. There's nothing in there. And in fact, the, the um, stories that you're using are just that. They're stories. And you know, I'll know about this doctor in England who said that if you take uh, the mump shot or the uh, shots like that, it causes... Uh, are you talking about autism? Autism yeah. and all that. And you know, that guy was disproven. He was taken out. And they never, ever, ever had scientific... So Fauci's point was that he is a guy who believes this, but he's just wrong if you take it from a scientific point of view. 
It's interesting to be able to have conversations, though. Um, I don't know if either of you have ever listened to RFK when he tells his story about how he even got into vaccines. Yes. Because I think, you know, I don't think anyone's 100% right on anything, whether you listen to Fauci right, or RFK. Right. But it's interesting because it sounds like it wasn't something he was ever interested in. It was, uh, he was an environmental lawyer and he was doing stuff for cleaning up rivers right. and trying to make sure they were healthy. And people would start because there was heavy metals and whatnot in the right. waters and moms would start showing up uh to his meetings that were concerned about vaccines and he's like this has nothing to do with what i'm doing and eventually he was listening to people who had issues and trying to figure out what That's was exactly wrong. right and i think uh whether you believe what rfa rfk says or fauci or there's something in between i think it's interesting to have a conversation Oh, it is, it's, uh, everything is interesting to have a conversation and be respectful of each other. Because that's how we learn and get views. better, right? It, it, there was a sense, I heard the saying that in the vacuum of information, politics will fill this void. Yeah. And you got to be careful about that. Yeah. The one thing, the one phrase that I don't like that, whether it's Fauci or anyone, I, I don't like science framed as a final landing spot. If anyone knows the scientific method, there's never a, a time when you know scientifically anything, you're learning. we are the scientific uh, process. We, we there's always you're always staring at those things. You're, the question: Are all emeralds green? Well, every emerald we've ever found is green. But does that mean that they're all in, on planet Earth green? We don't know. So my point is, when we talk about science, it is always challenging. It is always challenging the the premise or looking at at you know what what we have by way of vaccines are there side effects are those things and we if we if we're going to get there and say well science says that it's all fine we're all don't ask any questions we're done here that's where i think people where that's where it starts getting getting political if well, you can't have some good information that you can chew or on or debate work, yeah. on no and so that's all where or nothing I, doesn't I think work you on either side you got to have the debate and you got to have that the competing information or, or something like that i'd say but i think that there are facts that are facts that yeah. we know and that we know that if we take a flu shot we probably are not going to get the flu as bad as what we if we hadn't well if you get the, like, you get, yeah but that's even last year's flu right that's last year's <laughs> flu strain probably depends on the, yeah. sometimes they my, my flu shots, that kind of the whole thing's not bulletproof, <laughs> I gotta tell you right now. But yeah. But, but I, I know what you're I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and I think we and just do you see that as like his main pitch. Like I do. when you look at RFK, you yeah. think vaccines like a one and, issue kind of thing. And I, I think that's where he's going to have a challenge. Now you ask about is it gonna be a disruptor in the political process? I don't think so. I think he'll have some airtime and it'll move forward. But you said something else that you probably didn't even realize you said this, uh, the presumed candidates. There is so much time in the world of politics when you have a year left to de decide who the candidate will be. Watch, out, watch for uh, Nikki Haley. Watch for uh, Gavin Newsom. There could be things that yeah, change I agree with you. overnight. Yeah. Overnight. I mean, our president, uh, whom I'm friends with, uh, he's 80 years Ooh, old. Name dropping. Look at you. <laughs> well, I have to say that once in a while. I actually have a photo. <laughs> That's when I first met him. We look like two little kids actually in this because <laughs> really? he came out here. Yeah, yeah. He came out and did a fundraiser for us. So here's something interesting to ask you then, because you know him as a person, you've known him for a long time. When you look at him right now, is he the same strong person that you want your president to be that you've known over the years? Or is he at the point where you'd like to say as a friend, hey, you've done a great job, you've worked hard, but it's maybe time to hang up the whatever, the Oval Office, yeah, you know, jacket right. or whatever. That's a, great, that's a great question. And the answer to that is a little bit of both. Uh, when he came out, uh, we were with him for an hour and a half up at a place in Park City that 
Uh, I don't know who has houses like that, but so, oh, it's yeah. not Greg. You're being modest, <laughs> all your swanky friends. Wait, so when was your this wine that and we're cheese Democrats? He, he came out uh, two months ago. Oh, two months ago. And it was ago, for okay. the VA announcement. Oh, yes. And so he came out, and then we were up, we were with him. He is as sharp as a tack. There is nothing there. My wife, the wonderful, staunch Republican, said, you know what? He didn't skip a beat. And we've met him before. I did not times. realize your wife was a Republican. It'd be fun to get you two in here together. Oh, oh yeah. Podcast. That'd yeah, be good, huh? Yeah. Linda's the best. She is the best. Uh, but anyway, we watched him. He, the only thing he did do was lean up against the post a couple of times. But he stood in front of us that long. Every question that was asked, and this is more intimate because the press was, well, some of the press was there. AP was there. And he was sharp as a tack. Now, you said, would I say to him, it's time to hang it up? Um, he starts his meetings like at uh, 9 and 10 in the morning. George Bush, Bill Clinton, all of them started at 7, you know, yeah. they were up and running. And in a president, you want someone who's continuous to be curious and have creativity to solve the problems of the world. Mm -hmm. Creativity and, and being curious solves those problems. Uh, but he's, he's 80 years old. And I look at our own church leader here in the state of Utah. He's 99. Yeah. And he, uh, he, the physical side of it shows that it's there. The mental state, I would say that uh, both leaders are really, really good. Uh, but I, it would be nice to have someone else a little bit younger. It would be. And I, I think when you look at the opposition, you look at President Trump, uh, he's no spring chicken, and it, it's very much the same thing. It's too bad that both parties couldn't find candidates that would be a JFK or a George Bush or whomever you want to yeah. say on that side of it. Well, uh, this is my theory. Uh, Scott, I haven't discussed this with you, but I've, I've said this before. I'm, I am actually 100% convinced that whether it's March or before the, the caucuses in Iowa begin, he will, President Biden will announce that he's not going to seek a, another term. I think you they, really believe that a hundred percent. And I believe that they, they are aware of it. I think what they would like to avoid is a messy yeah. uh, Democrat primary. So I think that when you see Gavin Newsom going through multiple States, when you see him traveling to China, China. when you see him doing a national debate yeah. with Ron DeSantis, the great blue and yeah. red state, that, debate last yeah. Night, yeah. this man, I, I am telling you that they, they envision in March of 24 or somewhere in the, into the next year, uh, a Kamala Harris and a Gavin Newsom primary. Uh, I think Gavin Newsom's going to say, look, I appointed, uh, you know, a, a black female senator. I'm all in on this. She can't be outpaced me on that. You don't think Democrats would be enraged by the fact that they would overlook a female black vice president and mm. get the white guy? I think they'll compete. I, I, I think she'll try. I, but I think that that White House, my, it's just my belief that they that he wouldn't have as prominent of a role and he's very adamant about, I will never run against this man. I'm not worthy to run against this man. And he'll never run against that man. That but, man is going to go. Yeah. That man is going to say, you know, say I'm tapping out. Did you watch the debate I, oh, last yeah. night? No, uh, the DeSantis. And, yeah. No, I missed it. It was uh, interesting. I watched a lot of it. And the one thing he said at the end, I think he meant it as kind of like a burn on DeSantis. Yeah. But it was interesting because you're like, you both want this job and are expecting that something will happen. But he said, the one thing I can tell you for sure well, that neither, is that neither one of us is going to be the nominee. And yeah. I'm like, oh, but you guys are both He wants to be caught so flat-footed. Yeah. He wants to be like, really? You See, want yeah. me? Oh, gosh, really? Oh, I, well, I, I, I don't. I want Biden. Really, and and Greg, you'll really appreciate I, this. Guess what his press conference was yesterday? <laughs> he is changing homelessness. Enough is enough. 
Oh, and there is there is Politico had this, and he had a big press conference. Uh, it's just everything that you, it's an Operation Rio Grande yeah. that they're performing in California. Yeah. And, and so that goes to your point. Yes. People are saying, wait, why would we elect you as president when you allow this stuff to happen? That happens right here in Salt Lake City. That's right. Uh, feces and yep. all the things that are uh, we're going DeSantis on. DeSantis did do an effective job with the poop map. I'm sure he you've did. probably seen I that. Did. When you yes. yeah, he, I, did. And, but, he did. Yeah. And Heidi and, and, and Scott, I'll tell you that, that, it was amazing to watch. I read the LA Times review of the of debate because I thought that I thought DeSantis beat him like a rented mule. I thought yeah, I, I was yeah. actually shocked because I look at a Gavin Newsom as very telegenic, very photogenic, very. I thought he was going to do. He's a good do, orator. I yeah. really thought he's. I'm really yeah. worried about him being right. the candidate right, versus right, right, right. instead of Biden. But he performed horribly. And one of the things that I thought was odd is that the LA Times when they were doing their. Uh, they, they couldn't even say he won. So what they said is it's re- very unfair that Sean Hannity, who's a biased moderator, <laughs> like the first time anyone's ever mentioned in the regime media of a biased moderator, but but he's a biased moderator. And so they, they, he went after issues that are just really specific to California, like homelessness, cr- violent crime, uh, and immigration. It's yeah. like, well, actually, welcome to America. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know no, that those I, are California issues. I, 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 and so... Those are those were I saw in that debate vulnerabilities of Gavin Newsom that I didn't think he'd have because he's so slick and he's yeah. so he's so good at talking around he's some of these great bad hair, issues. Right, it's hard to look away from the good hair. See, this is what I'm talking hair. about. This <laughs> is it. This is what's going to happen. We're um, going to the great hair is going to rule the day. Did though, I think a far better job on the stage when he could talk about himself as a governor. He's been, a, in my mind, when you look, a better governor than a candidate for president. And I think he was a governor last night and somehow did a better job as a governor and not... Than as the presidential. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know I why. It's. I guess it's sort of like when you look at Tim Tebow, who was you know playing for the Florida Gators, and he was right. the best thing that had happened right. to him and somehow didn't translate right. to... Uh, being able to play um, with the big boys nationally. I don't know how that works. I'm not a football fan. I don't understand that. I'm not going to pretend to. I like, to. but I, I respect but, the analogy. But sometimes, I like I do too. But sometimes it doesn't analogy. translate, and you don't know why well, it doesn't I, I translate. I actually think that he is in such a crowded field in that Republican uh, primary debate. Everybody's looking for the one-liner. They're looking for some headline, and it, there's just no time to... If you, you put DeSantis one-on-one with a Republican uh, candidate for president or against a Democrat like yeah, Kevin Newsom, yeah. I think you're going to get more of uh, a Governor uh, DeSantis than you get the candidate who's yeah. on the, who's on a crowded stage. Right. Everyone's trying to come up with their little... And it, it's, well, you, it you know so that contrived. from r- running for governor. Yeah. You yeah. had like nine people up there when... <laughs> yeah. And it was hard to get any to space issues, and yeah. to talk issues. It, and it, it, you really were looking for the soundbite that the press would pick up and then people would... Uh, yeah, it's it's hard in a crowded field. And, then, yeah. and so, yeah, I think that, that you got to see... What we all thought we would see in a candidate for president in DeSantis last night, but he's just right now the Republican primary is just so crowded, and it's it's actually I find the debates farcical. I don't find them to be substance substantive. I don't think they help the Republicans at all. The the debates they've been having. We have a debate coming up next week. I think another primary debate. I don't know how many candidates will be in it, but I think Megyn Kelly is doing that one. So we'll be watching and see who's involved and who gets to talk. But like you said, we're a year out and I feel like we probably oh. should know who they are, but I also no don't way. think that Hillary Clinton thought Obama yeah. would be president either. And how close was that? Like when everything started to shift, you yeah. know, perfect analogy. Heidi. Yeah. Yep. And the Koch brothers, I guess it's a Koch brother 
at this point. Yeah, Their yeah, money seems to be singular. going behind Nick, right. Nikki Haley, and sometimes money matters. That's so. a big deal. I yeah. mean, that's a really big deal when that infusion of cash right now where she is. And, uh, you know, she's been saying some really good things. Uh, what do yeah. you like that you hear from her? I think I like her whole um, foreign policy. I think she's got a really good handle on that. And I liked it when she took on Rasemi or what? If I'm Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, I, I thought it was great when she took him on, and it showed her character. You know, yeah. don't don't screw with my family. You know, let's have a debate up here about us, but don't do that. And I think she's just uh, got good common sense. Uh, now, my my Democrat friends that live in uh, in North Carolina, South Carolina, is that yeah, where she's South, South Carolina? Carolina. Yeah, South. Uh, they paint a different picture of her. And they said, oh, no, 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 she's almost a Ron DeSantis. But I haven't seen that on that. I, and, and I think Gavin did a good job when he pointed out uh, to DeSantis, when you talk about freedom, uh, your party is supposed to be this, uh, not the nanny state, but you're banning books, you're, you're doing this, your reproductive rights, all those things. I think that kind of got uh, uh, some of my Republican friends say, yeah, they, they are kind of looking like the nanny state. Reproductive rights, I think, are going to be a big one coming up in this next election. So it'll be. Well, why do you think that? I want to ask you a question. Okay. Would you vote for someone who bans abortion completely? I don't think I can answer that question ethically because of how I have to report. So I can't, <laughs> I can't answer that. But I do think it is very an good. issue. Very good. Yeah. Very impressive. But, but I, I, I was looking at it more yeah. from a woman's perspective. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's where Republicans probably are going to have a problem because you know you need women to vote for you. Right. And I think women vote very differently and think of it differently. But I do think that uh, women, Republican and Democrat, you know, are more open to having this discussion than they were in the past. And I think the interesting thing is that this always comes down to the same thing of uh, when we talk about my body, my choice, we hear a lot about that. And I think it really still comes down to whether in the abortion issue, if you think it's your body, your choice, or if it's your body plus another body, which it's going to be hard to change that mind on someone else, you know, and not your choice where there's two bodies involved. So I, I watch this just as closely as you guys. I'm certainly not going to tell you where I stand on that one, but I do think that um, I think that Republicans are going to have to figure out a way to talk to women where they can keep their votes because I don't think that um, they can talk yeah, the same way they have I, for years. I would agree. I think there's yeah. a quick way to say it that, would, that causes an immediate recoil with women. Yeah, my wife's my wife has walked me through what. You don't like why. to be told what to do. Well, that yeah, there's a lot there's a lot into it that that you don't want. You already feel like, you know, there's just a, a lot you're you're dealing with as a woman in this world, and so you don't want to be. You don't want a, a statement that says I'm going to ban it outright, and you're going to do whatever us the guys tell you to do. What what I think is the more substantive discussion is if we look around the world and we look at how many weeks a pregnancy. Uh, is you can have a pregnancy and still have it terminated before you uh, have an abortion. The United States and, and you know, before, before the, uh, the Supreme Court case and in now some states where they made it the case, it's like China and North Korea and America in terms of how late in a, in a pregnancy you can still terminate that pregnancy. And when you take it into the context like that and you look at the modern world and where we're, right. we're considering the life of the child, right. um, I, I think a... And I don't know if you have the time. I don't know if the spin lines will ever afford that kind of discussion. But that's what—that's where the real conversation has to land. And I do like that states have to make these decisions as per their state legislatures right. and their constituencies and right. where those priorities are. I, I think that's—I think that's the right way to do it. And um, I'm not someone who should thinks that it should be banned outright. I'm not someone who I think there are cases of rape and incest, and I 
and life of the mother. Uh, but I also say that the, the that there's a guy involved too. And and you know what? As well as being responsible in terms of the finances, but also the choice. If there's a right. if, if there's been a if it's right. been a choice and not right. a crime, right? That you have people that have made some choices and some consequences have been born from that. There are two individuals, two adults that have to go sort that out in a, in a, an appropriate way, in a yeah. responsible way, and it shouldn't be foisted on one and not the other. So. All that stuff. I mean, I think so, that's the, the discussion, but I, I think that the way it can be framed very quickly, it, it will cause problems for Republican candidates. Does if it's it not need to be, though, a federal debate at this point, though? Because the Supreme Court sent it to the states, or is it should be something that really just our legislative leaders and we're talking about on the home front? Well, uh, that, that's the way the Supreme Court has ruled, so it's, yeah. uh, it's uh, done laws. Yeah, and I, think that, I, I, think that it, I think that's the best way. To, we do it for other health care delivery. I mean, we, we do it for almost <laughs> anything. Everything. Yeah. States yeah, decide I mean, how, let, these, how yeah. insurance covers what and who and how. I, we worked I, on autism this way. I, I will tell you one thing. That this is where my faith really plays a big part in this. So I'm the Democrat. I'm going to the pro-choice uh, people. Uh, they want to interview me. I'm going to the pro-life people. And my stance has always been this. In the case of rape, incest, health and life of the mother, and extreme fetal deformities, after careful consulting with ecclesiastical leaders and, and your spouse, as Greg pointed out, that decision should be up to them, no matter how many weeks out, how many, where they are, if those fit that criteria. And, you know, it was really interesting. The pro-choice people said to me, do you really believe that? And I said, yes. And they said, well, that's a lot of choice. The pro-life people said to me, wow, do you really believe that? And I said, yes, I do. And I really didn't want either one of their <laughs> endorsements. But it, I found that interesting when we sat down and had a collaborative conversation. Yep. And I, I think our, uh, the LDS faith has got this one right. Yeah. I think what they've said is exactly. And remember, there are leaders in, our, in that faith that have been trained medical people. And I think they understand it from that point of view as well as from a spiritual I, I, Democrats I used to, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt no. you, but Democrats used to talk like that. If I look back to, I would say even President Clinton oh, at yeah. the time and other, it, it was rare, you know, and that's how they used to talk about abortion and it's vastly changed. So yeah. do you feel like Democrats have gone too far in wanting to say whenever, for whatever reason, for, you know, to whenever you want? I do. And I think it's, it's, they've gone into this mode of saying, oh, wait, the Supreme Court ruled that we've, they've overturned Roe v. Wade. So now they're going to take it to the farther extreme yeah. instead of letting uh, uh, Roe v. Wade be the standard barrier. So I, I think they have galvanized and they're putting on their best armor to go out and be defensive as opposed to offensive in this whole thing. And are Republicans on the other side so extreme, too, to say nothing? Because that's the problem is I feel like it's all or nothing on everything. I, I think you'll days. pay a price at the ballot box. I think if you are too extreme, I yeah. think that there's going to be a consequence on both sides of that. So for me, my political journey, I was a public servant. We're dealing with all these issues on the state level. Right. And I got to be honest with you, as much as Roe v. Wade had been talked about in pro-life circles or even in right. conservative circles, I kind of thought it was a decided law. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't think we were going to revisit it. I really Greg didn't. I, I was just kind of like, that that I was like huh, you no, know, okay. The, the moment, though, that I re-engaged in this issue is when I heard the governor uh, from Virginia, Northrop, he's a physician. Right. He was talking about partial birth abortion. And he was talking about the delivery of a full-term yeah. child yeah. with all but its head. Yeah. And then terminating that pregnancy. And I I was sick. 
at the description of it. And I thought to myself, I don't think people are stopping here. I don't what what does the word abortion mean? If you go to that yeah. extreme and all of a sudden I felt like, you know, I've been maybe asleep at the wheel here because I th- I had in my head it was these early yeah. weeks that you're yeah. trying to make some hard decisions. Yeah. Days. Are you telling me we're going to have a full term birth except for the head and then terminate a pregnancy? That's infanticide in my life or in my in my mind. And so I reengaged in the pro-life discussion because I, I did not see this temperance or this, uh, the, it just seemed like it was just going further and further and further. And I think it was to your question, Heidi, when you hear it used to be, it is something nobody wants. So nobody ever wants to have this face, this horrific choice. And that used to be the premise from which you would then say, right. how do we go right. forward? Right. I hear more now. You want to be able to abort. You do not want to have that child. You want to be able to go as late as possible. You want, it's almost a That's, badge of honor. And that is, er, and at least that's how it's that's coming across. That's the extreme that Heidi just articulated and so I well. And I think that will suffer the ballot box too. And the caveat on this whole thing is, that's, in fact, I agree with you 110%. But maybe there are cases where something is it, it, a medical reason. Yeah. And, and you shouldn't be able to take it away. But I'll tell you the caveat on this is Ohio and what happened there. That was amazing how they voted that to be taken out of the Constitution and restore all those rights, and they put it in their Constitution. Yeah. That last session was... Yeah, and the challenge there is that the language, when you when you put a law like that to the voters, there's a lot of fine print in there, too, and I yes. think it's gone a lot further yes. than even what the law before... Well, that's just what you were talking about. Yeah. And, and that's the emotions go that way, carry it both to yeah. the side, and that should... Yeah. I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I know we could talk about this for hours. I didn't it's even plan on talking one. about abortion well, today. No, here we are. But, but, it, but I think it's important because yeah. I think women, once they get behind that ballot box, and people have said to me, oh, you know, they, they, they'll just do that. I don't think that's right. They, their husbands might have been uh, uh, <laughs> telling them a lot of things on how to vote, but when that comes to that issue, I think women go, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to that's why I think it question. has to be wisely uh, framed. It yes. has to be wisely yes. framed. And, and I think maybe that's where Nikki take Haley has yes. made up some ground. Because yes. in the debates, one of the debates, she talked about it. And she was like, you know, I believe one way. But when you look realistically, I yeah. think, at what can be accomplished and what votes you have and what's going to happen. I mean. 64 votes yeah, that they need just, in the Senate. It's it, not realistic. Not gonna... I hate to throw some cold water on Nikki Haley. But here's my deal about her. And it's not the abortion issue. It's that. She, when she was not no longer governor and she was done being the UN ambassador, mm-hmm. she takes it. She's a cons- she's on the board of a defense contractor company. She's inviting Disney when DeSantis is going after Disney for the, them getting involved in the "Don't Say Gay." It doesn't say that, but going, getting involved in that legislation yeah. where they should be able to teach kids sexual topics before the third grade. Uh, and she's like, hey, Disney, come on over to South Carolina. We'd love to have you. I, I, I tell you right now, there's a lot of people that think in the Republican side that Nikki Haley is bought and paid for by Koch brother and, and, the, and the defense contractors and everybody. Yeah, it's like, again, corporate America yeah. is, I think RFK I said in, in an interview yesterday that I had never thought of before, um, is that the Citizens United decision that allowed for these super PACs. Yep. Okay. Yeah. When I, as a Republican, I was always like, well, that's fine. You know, these are companies. We have a corporate influence That's right. on politics now that is hidden yep. and is, and I think it's it scary. is superseding the both everyday sides. voter on both 100% sides, agree. both sides. And I'm telling you that that corporate money that nobody can trace and nobody can see, it is driving political decisions and money narratives. Money ruins everything. I that, agree 100%. That, that I'm telling you, and I think when I look at Nikki Haley, she falls into that that category of the corporate influence. So that's we've what learned something today. See, that's why these uh, discussions are important because he's got inside information. I didn't know. I've got <laughs> some. And you know who was no. absolutely adamant who said that 
very uh, uh, legislation will ruin us was Bob Bennett. Bob Citizens Bennett, United? Yeah, yeah, Citizens United. Bob, Bob Bennett case. preached that in my ear for a whole year. He said, Scott, you wait and see the ramifications of what's going to happen on this. Well, I do. I think corporate, I think there is a corporate um, drive on both sides, both sides. Of, the, of the parties now. I agree. I do. And I, I and I think if you look at the things that make, you look at pharmaceuticals, you look at war, Any you, of look it. At, you look at media, Any of it. all the things that make it that are a huge profit. Uh, sources, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're all the rage. And the and problem is, there's plenty of people who work for our government agencies who then leave and go work for big pharma 100%. or work for these Absolutely. war machines yeah. and stuff too. And so, yeah. yeah, it's also intermingled. I wish there was a way that you could wave a magic wand and undo all of that—the money and the influence. I don't know how you do that. I guess I'd be rich if I could figure uh, that out. One tiny caveat and then about I would Disney. The world. About yeah. Disney, Elon Musk told uh, their CEO yesterday where to go. And did you guys see that? I don't know if I saw that, but I saw him on some live thing two days ago where he was, was that the live he, thing where about the pulling the funding it, off of Twitter and he told them to go F themselves? That is 100%. <laughs> and then he said, and especially for Disney, and he said, Bob, if you're in the audience, that's for you. And I missed that part. Bob was in the audience. Ooh. Bob Iger, it, the, the CEO the, of Disney. Take your money and stick the it. The thing yeah. that Elon Musk said that if anyone heard it, it's it's haunting. Is that I hear I see a lot of corporations talking about good things and doing evil things or bad things, and I think that's true. I think that it that the Wall Street Journal did some Instagram accounts and they did some they did they did a test and they hit on these reels or whatever that likes on young kids, and the and the way the algorithms fed and this is a Wall Street Journal article. Yeah. Uh, the sexually explicit yeah. uh, ads or or yeah. videos and with and then videos of young children, and so their story was about how these social media platforms you got to be really careful because if you start hitting like on some yep. of these things, what you're what's being driven what to you, you are things you weren't even looking for, but they're 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 going into whatever you hit like on, and I will tell you that that's that is that is where. You know, you can you can try to ban uh, advertisers of X because you think that, that right. he wasn't strong enough right. uh, on Israel's side. Right. But if that Wall Street Journal article is true, and when you sign up for Instagram or some of these accounts, you and you hit like on a couple of things, you start getting flooded with these perverse Greg, that's images. Exactly what, that's a problem. That, that's, that's exactly a real what problem. Spencer Cox has been talking about. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. his issue on that. And the I think Utah Supreme Court actually ruled on. Uh, one of those cases today that I think TikTok um, specifically has oh. to start giving up information because I think they appealed to the Utah Supreme Court. I don't know the case exactly, but they didn't want to give up some of their disclosures and evidence and what they do behind the scenes. But the Supreme Court here said, sorry, you, you can't you can't Good. strain it nuts and swallow camels. If you want to be canceled, if you want to say there's things wrong, God bless you. It's a free country, free speech. But you can't say that at the same time you're seeing some of the stuff that's getting pushed out there and uh, the way it's, it's, it's addictive it's you know i i was i had an account for some time on tiktok and this was i don't know two years you're ago. way cooler than i i haven't even signed up for tiktok no, yet <laughs> but I, what i found myself is exactly what greg said you know I, I can remember one day i was home and i wasn't feeling good and i i kept looking at these and they knew that algorithm knew, they knew me what to feed you exactly mm. what to feed me exactly 110 percent and it's just a, a fact of life. I eliminate it. I've never been back on since. So but I like gorillas. And that's what you, you see get my fed? Facebook oh, yeah. reels. Yeah. Gorillas. There you go. <laughs> it is there funny. Go. I posted a couple of raccoon videos when they were getting 
stuck in storm drains like a year ago here when there was major <laughs> flooding. I get so much raccoon content now. It's wholesome <laughs> and cute, but I get a lot of raccoon content. So it is interesting how that works. And um, Elon Musk, I know, is a listener of this podcast. So give me a call. Come on, Elon. Get, on, get pick, on the air. I would pick, like to pick that billionaire's brain because he's he has a lot of money. He has some interesting ideas about everything. But... He's kind of one of the rogue billionaires. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. do. I love it. I, I'm, I'm grateful care. he's out there. I think that's, a, he, again, is contributing to a, a, a discussion and debate that if you control all the conduits of communication, you never really hear. He's actually Freedom allowing some, yeah. some discussion to happen. Very important. Yep. Yeah, it is. Hey, before we lose everybody with the podcast here, we have to talk <laughs> really quickly about our local election. Celeste Malloy, uh, last Tuesday, won and then was sworn in exactly a week later, which is so fast. I don't know how you'd get everything together to do that, but she was sworn in on Tuesday. Uh, she made a floor speech, which um, I thought was nice. She talked about her FFA, FFA roots, uh, quoted their creed, talked about the Constitution, um, seemed like she was ready to go for it. Uh, did either of you listen or watch that swearing in? Well, uh, coming from Castledale, Utah, I know what FFA really yeah, means. Yeah, you do. And Greg probably doesn't, but uh, Future hands, Farmers of America. His hands have go. never <laughs> been that dirty. <laughs> you, you get a nice jacket, you get a nice <laughs> emblem, all that. No, I thought she did a good job. I, I was thought it was so, really articulate. So, so look, I ran against her, and she won that that special election. And I think she won it largely on the on the weight of having been working on lands issues in rural Utah, uh, and she knows these issues. She's an attorney. She so she's gone up against the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance or some of these environmental groups that have been, it's made it very hard for these rural counties to to do what they do. Uh, grazing rights are under threat. And generations of grazing rights are under threat. So to have someone like Celeste Malloy who intimately understands these real-time issues in such small populations, where in the United States with so many, 300-plus million people, who's going to understand the issues uh, in Kane County or in, in some yeah, of these small counties? Right. So I think her greatest weight and her greatest influence will be to in, to educate, to, to get people to understand how draconian these federal uh, laws or, or federal management of lands can impact rural communities. And uh, let the state of Utah have some uh, control. Let them make some smart decisions with water infrastructure and even getting but utilities Greg, would, across would, Wouldn't that. have you done that if you were... Uh, yeah, I would have, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, 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 let me just say one thing about that. I, I don't know Celeste. I participated in the last debate and watched her. But I thought Greg Hughes would be one of the best congressmen that we've had in our state. Thank you. Scott. And nice I, I know one thing that he would have done immediately. He would have gone to HUD and asked for a waiver on this homelessness where we spend hundreds of millions of dollars and we don't get results. And I think his background would have really shown the, uh, yeah. been better for us. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not disparaging against Celeste. I'm not. But what I'm saying is you had a more robust background to understand from uh, uh, development, home building, to <laughs> all these different yeah. things that you had an expertise. Greg, on. you're blushing, but now you've been um, endorsed by a Democrat. You're I know. It's my street cred's over, right? No, no, oh, I endorsed it before. <laughs> yeah, no. But honestly, the reason I can say what I, what I hope to see and what I think we'll see from a Celeste Malloy is because these are the critical issues in Utah right now. And in that district, there's 11 counties in that congressional district. 11 counties. And, and they aren't, it was on purpose not to be a Wasatch Front district. And so those are issues that I, when I was a public servant, I served in the House when I was Speaker of the House. Yeah. I, I've worked on these issues uh, very closely. And so I, I'm aware and I know that she's aware. Those are the critical issues that she has to bring 
perspective, information that drives good decisions, and and really some empathy. Get them out here. Get yeah. them out to Utah. Have yeah. some of these members of Congress who live in areas where they've never even known what yeah. it's like to have federal to land. See a canyon and, and see what this is like, is and like. to see how you how you navigate this. It's well, a, it's a, it's more t- difficult than people realize. I'll tell you one thing. Bless her heart. <laughs> the day after she gets sw- uh, the day she gets sworn in, she has a candidate file against her. I'll tell you what. There's no rest for that p- woman, and she's uh, she has to run again. After yeah, doing this that. This is the yeah. first year that January is the filing deadline. It's in the month of January. January yeah. 2nd to the 9th. Yeah, so we basically have a month, so it'll be interesting. I'm also going to be watching what Kathleen Reby did. I think she ran a great race, and she's looking at possibly running for Senate, possibly running for that same congressional seat again, or going back to the legislature. So it'll be interesting to see. I did think she'd finish a little higher, though. I have the final numbers here at um, 57% for Celeste Malloy and Kathleen Reby at 33%, close to 34%. Uh, there was almost 10% of the vote that went to all of those other third-party right. candidates, and there were a lot. But I kind of thought they'd be pulling more from Celeste Malloy's numbers than Reby's. So I was kind of thinking she would finish higher. Any insight there? I, I think it's the way the district's drawn, frankly. I, I, you have a portion of Salt Lake County, a portion of Davis County. You don't have any Utah County. Right. And so uh, it, it's not a Wasatch Front district. So if you have – if you enjoy – and St. George – it, we don't call it rural. It's actually a, a second-class size <laughs> county. It's a large county. Yeah. Uh, but when you have uh, Washington County and Iron County down there as anchors, and they're they're not inclined to vote a Democrat, that's a big anchor for uh, that, that district. And so I think she's probably done where you would see those. Because if you look at her Salt Lake County numbers, she crushed Celeste Malloy that's in terms of the numbers. Yeah. About that, when she came out early, everybody thought, oh, she's going to win. She's going to win. Mm. You forgot yeah. the other 10 counties. And the interesting thing is, is that obviously if you're in Salt Lake City and you're a Democrat, you know, the numbers are stacked against you. Right. Is it an R plus 11 district? But voter turnout so low. I, I wonder if, you know, Salt Lake City Democrats really were fired up and turned out to vote if they could, you know, change things because voter turnout was low. It was very low. That's disappointing for both parties. Yeah. And, what, and we had a mayoral election that could have drawn a big crowd too. Yeah. What was it? 25% of voters participated? Yeah, it was garbage. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was to disappointing. To think about the 25% of district, uh, how many voters are there in the state? I mean, in the city, maybe 100,000. Uh, yeah. There's a big number there. And that's it's appalling. Yeah. Was it Thanksgiving? Everybody left early? I know, or but you've got your ballot on your countertop for three weeks. I so know. I know that that's I like know. an excuse Good we talk you, about, Heidi. and it's normal times. But yeah, no. I feel like you have a long time to think about it and to do it. It's not like the olden days where if you were out of town that week that you just couldn't Why vote. Why did people vote? I don't know. I, did, I, were they just not excited about well, the candidates? Rocky and Aaron... Uh, You know, there was a major difference between those two candidates. I went to some of their debates, and uh, bless Rocky's heart, you can only beat up on somebody for so long before people will say, you know what, that's too much. They want you to stand for instead of just against things. Tell us what your plan is. Yeah. Tell us what you're doing. What you'd do different than Mayor Hatch. What what would you do different? Don't keep picking on them. But Valentine, he got 7% of the vote. I didn't see that coming. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I swear to you, the so uh, Mayor Mendenhall got 25,800 votes, okay? There's a collective 18,300 uh, people that voted against her. I would tell you that those 18,000 people live in Salt Lake City where the homeless have overrun their homes, their their businesses, their 100%. property. 100%. Uh, that's where the 18,000 that didn't vote for her live. 
and everyone that's uh, has is fortunate enough to be away from that and not feeling that crime and not feeling that violence and the the burning down of homes around ballpark and everything else they voted for Aaron Mendenhall. They did. So that's that's how I, – I, I honestly think that's how that broke down. Do you think Governor Cox coming out and endorsing her – That's what I was wondering, if difference. that made any difference if Cox and Herbert both backing her. <laughs> I Is don't. it just because they felt like she's nicer to work with and they just didn't want to have to deal with Rocky? I would or? have to understand Salt Lake City to be a little bit more moderate to maybe even right-leaning for that to have mattered because I don't see Salt Lake City voters that way. So I, I don't – I actually thought it was a misstep to even ask for – the governor and former governor to endorse you because in Salt Lake City that doesn't seem to be the key. Well, if you I look at think. if you look at the schematics on this, Aaron Mendenhall announces that there's not they're going to enforce no camping and they're going to move people out in 300 seconds. She said, "We'll give you five minutes and then you have to pack up and leave." And that day she had that press conference. It was the very next day that Governor Cox endorsed her. Now. Who's who's yeah. behind the scenes that is that is playing? Who's pulling your strings, guys? Well, it's it's just thank you, Heidi. <laughs> you know, deathbed repentance. It's it's I you just you have a bit of a jaundiced eye about what you're going to do about homelessness Greg, in the heart of your of your reelection campaign. You just saw the light. You're going to get you have five you have five hundred seconds. Whatever you just said, come on. What have you been doing for the last four years? Give me a break. The only pl- time that place was cleaned up was Operation Rio Grande. We mm-hmm. took out three cartels. We got people back on their feet. We had resource centers that worked. Mm-hmm. Can we get back to that? Do you think Mayor Mendenhall in her second term will be um, ready and willing to tackle the problem? I think if she's not, Mike Schultz and Stuart Adams are going to give some direction. And same with Governor Cox. I think there's, remember. I don't uh, know why what I laughed inside my head when you said that, but Mike Schultz, I imagine him like in his cowboy boots and his Wranglers with a whip. So oh. um, hopefully, <laughs> I hopefully think he sits that, down that's and talks. A, those are reins to a horse, unlike New York Times thought it was a whip. Okay, Heidi? <laughs> that is reins to a horse. Okay. No, no, but I, look, I will just tell you that the, the politics as I see it, now, I, I, didn't, I don't live in Salt Lake City, so I didn't get any of the direct mail. I didn't see the campaigns front and center, but... But, so it was a bit quiet from my perspective. But um, I don't think that Salt Lake City's council or its mayor wants to do anything that's going to make people angry. And in this space of homelessness and the crime and the cartels, there's nothing you can do that's going to make things better that's not going to make somebody angry. Yeah. It, you, to, the status quo to disrupt it, it's not easy. It comes with its own inherent pushback. And it's gonna. You're gonna. It requires you to spend political capital. And I don't. I can't spot a single person on that council or this mayor that wants to spend capital on that topic. So but, they'll just convene but, and talk. But Greg, that's the exact and point circle. that Heidi's asking. Will the legislature intervene? Because when we in, when you intervene, I did. We I did. had control yeah. of the community, and people appreciated it. The far, far left, oh, you know, we just got to give them a house. No, we're not going to give them a house. We're not going to do that. So that's why I think, Heidi, your question is so relevant. Will she understand, and it's probably the power of the purse string that says, we're going to cut your sales tax. We're going to take that away from you. And guess what? We're well, gonna... we've got 10 years before the world shows up, so we can either, like, figure it oh, out right now. we got to figure it out Or we can now. pull off a San Francisco. Or do Francisco. it like Beijing does yeah. and just shut everything <laughs> down so no one's driving or operating a factory for the, you know, months you or there. You can't leave. Yeah. I have a funny story about that, and then we got to be done with this podcast. So my brother-in-law um, works um, – 
for the Olympics, I guess more for NBC. And so he travels around to each of the Olympics and um, works with the camera crews. And when he went to the Chinese uh, Olympics in China, they all, this was in the middle of the pandemic. Right, you know? right. And so they had all um, traveled on an airplane together and then they all had to take um, buses yeah, together yeah. and they were getting tested like crazy. Yeah. But where the cameras were, when people were like showing up to the hotels, after they'd all been on a plane together, on a bunch of buses going from place to place <laughs> together, they put them each in individual cars by themselves with their masks and everything just for part of the show. And they were like, we were all just together. And so anyhow, they put on a yeah. good show. So. Kabuki theater. Well, yes. Let's just hope that uh, we do fix homelessness. I, I will tell you one thing. I've never seen such a resurgence of leaders coming together. Um, you probably maybe or didn't know about this, but Governor Cox called a, a meeting uh, right before the election at the mansion where he brought in you know, all the influencers in the city, and they had a heart-to-heart with the mayor about what was going on. And it... Uh, uh, now I see more than ever p- uh, people who have vested interest here are coming out and saying enough's enough because it, it has gotten out of control. It is. Yeah. It's, it it is. is a constant onslaught right now of it people is. that are dealing with this. Yeah. And, and it's not, you know, people always say, oh, their mental health. If we just had more mental health beds. Oh, it's their uh, addiction. Those things probably play in that, but I have never, ever seen such a shelter-resistant group of people in my life. I used to be able to come down, pick them up, take them to the shelter, Mm -hmm. walk them in. Now what they say to me is, it's my constitutional right to be right here. It is my constitutional right to urinate and defecate on the street. And you can't do anything about it. And I'm telling you right now, that mentality has been promoted by some ultra right, I mean, left people that want to turn our capital city into a socialist yeah. uh, 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 protege of what uh, happened in other countries. And we cannot let it happen. We've had so much fun hanging okay. out that we've reached an hour. But before I Whoa. let you go, I know, I have to ask you super quickly on this. I'm going to get you on set in just a second for the 4 o'clock news before we get done doing this. Uh, George Santos uh, was expelled from the Congress today in the U.S. House are we surprised by this? Did they do the right thing? All four of our Utah legislators, I guess they're not Utah legislators, Utah congressional leaders, voted to oust him. I was a little surprised that they ended up doing it, not because it was right or wrong, but there's the big question of once you do this, are you taking power away from the voters where it's their decision who is going to represent them? Uh, Scott, what do you think real Good quick question. on this? Uh, I think that indictment and the testimony that the uh, committee had must be so compelling that they went ahead and did this for the sake of the institution. I completely agree with you. It's the people's house, and the people should make those decisions. But whatever was in that report, I think, was very compelling. And you said something that's really critical. Are they setting a precedence? And could the next one be, well, because I don't like your politics, we're going to expose you. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's it's one of those issues they've got to be very very careful on. But you know, uh, two Democrats voted uh, against it, and half the Republicans voted for it. So they might know something. That I, I think the precedent that you both have described is what is 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 the worry that once you get into yeah. the habit of expelling yeah. people, it's just like impeachment. Recognizing I mean, that my he's gosh, a hot we mess. started yeah. Yeah. impeachments yeah. everywhere. It just yeah. started to become normal. Um, innocent until proven guilty. There's a lot of charges out there. 
But, you know, the report came back. I was looking. I, you know, he's using his federal ca- his campaign money for porno <laughs> sites. He's using it for Botox. I mean, I, I think half those Republicans were like, I don't want to own that. I don't so want to own that story when I'm running. You know, I, he needs to leave. That's, that's awkward. It, you know, it was as political here. as it was anything. Yeah. So People I just think they're like, ugh. This guy. Yeah. So, so it was I, I can see, see the happen. practical reason why, but uh, the precedent is something you better stare at and hope you don't see it for other reasons. We've said unprecedented a lot over the last few yeah. years. So here we go. One more unprecedented thing. Uh, thank you both for coming in here, having a good conversation. This has been fun. Heidi, it's always yeah. a pleasure to be with you. Can I say what porno on the uh, on the uh, <laughs> broadcast? Am I allowed to say that? Spencer you can, you can say porno. You. I don't know if you should like describe the porno yeah, so yeah, we can it's see just, it in our mind. Yeah, you know I, just, I didn't say the site name of it. I just said, you know, porno sites. Heidi, yes. you're always a pleasure to be with. Well, and, thanks for and hanging out. And you're so informed. It's it's fun to be with somebody I'm informed, informed because you guys inform me, so well, I'm just a student mm, here learning from know. you guys. So thanks it, so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to be with Greg. Yeah, it's good to see uh, Scott. We, we haven't seen each other. What I love about this is that Democrats and Republicans... I'd say breaking bread, but we have no bread together. Just sitting down and playing nice together. Well, so. the, sim- the real truth is that uh, you, there is common ground on public policy, but it, it does hurt the brand, and everybody's used to everybody fighting. That's uh, the way it's supposed to I be. I need more calm in my life. So thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for being here today, and we will be back next week. 